Hi, I'm Frankie Frayne, and I've been making movies since I was a kid. I've made three low-budget feature films of varying success, and I went to film school. Twice. For better or worse, I've developed a science for completing feature-length projects on pocket change, and it has a lot to do with the kinds of conversations you'll hear on this podcast with teachers, friends, and artists. You don't have to pay 40 grand a year for bad advice. This is Discount Film School. This is day two of uh, of the production schedule. It starts off with uh, Mark, who is sitting at his 12-year-old nephew's birthday party. There's lots of little kids running around, and he is sitting in the corner in a pile of empty beer, uh, and then has to watch as his nephew is given a guitar, which is you know currently the the thing that is making him bitterest in life. So he, Ill, in an ill-advised fashion, uh, is kind of loaded and. After one of the um, guests makes a quip about how this guitar is going to get this little kid all the girls, he laughs maniacally and launches into this really uh, this really sad tirade, uh, trying to convince the kid to put the guitar down and never to touch it. All right, so so the the germ of this idea, you know, it starts with Jeff. Jeff just writes it down as if it's possible to shoot something like this. But what, what, what's going to be required? You actually have to throw a real birthday party. <laughs> and you have to have a house and a backyard and that you can do that in. And that's where one of the guests, Mike Brunetto, comes in. Mike Brunetto, friend of Jeff Torelli's. Yeah, we were in a band together. Years we went ago. on tour. We lived, so we lived in a van together for about a month. It was <laughs> dirty and we smelled bad. And basically everything that Mark, said Mark says in the movie is is just true, like all of it. It's, there's, that's not even sugarcoated. What, band, what was the band part. called? Java Tones. <laughs> <laughs> How many bands have you been in? I don't even know. I mean, wow. the serious, if we like serious ones that have actually released recordings, probably, I don't know, five or six. Yeah, same here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then there's like tons of projects where you're like, hey, we're a band, and you record a couple of things because it's funny for a, a few months. So, uh, Facebook saves us again. Jeff notices that Mike is buying property in New Bedford. Uh, the scene takes place in New Bedford. It also has a sort of yard that we, we were envisioning. Mike says yes, even though he hadn't seen Jeff for some time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it totally, totally worked out. Uh, Mike was incredibly gracious to let us use his backyard and invite strange children to it. <laughs> yeah, that was the one. I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm not on that list anymore, so it's okay. <laughs> but, uh, but no, it was, it was what was really funny about that was... Jeff sent the script over, and I'm looking at it, and I was like, "Oh, and I, you know." Did you read the whole script? I actually read the whole thing when he. Well, he sent me a piece of it when you guys first asked me, and I got to like sort of my last line in the scene. It was just like, "Oh, I could totally do that." I'm not an actor, but I can tell someone to get a fucking job. (laughs) Right, because we needed to cast uh, Mark's brother because the thing took place at Mark's brother's house. So. One of the things that was called for in this little scene where Mark's brother and sister-in-law tell him to get a job. Um, and which kinda, I've done before. Which, <laughs> two musician friends of mine. Who, it's, it's an incredible... Right it's a very real movie. <laughs> it's happened. But he called for somebody who could play a little mandolin and who owned a mandolin, p- perhaps. And so in one sweep, this dude provides us a backyard, some mandolin talent, and the mandolin itself. The grill. like a, The grill. Um, yeah. You provide and New Bedford, the the, the, the town of it, New Bedford. It called for a pink polo shirt too, and I said to Jeff, "No, well, that <laughs> ain't gonna happen." In the first script, in the first version of the script, your character was kind of a yuppie, and then as we developed and we made the wife Jen more of a real person, you became a real person, and instead of just kind of being a caricature 
like, you know, your brother's the ne'er-do-well. You just kind of got your shit together. You guys are similar, but you got your shit together and he didn't. So the pink polo shirt was for a very kind of different character that we started off I, with. I wouldn't have cared if you brought it in the wardrobe case. I just, <laughs> just still refused. I'd be like, that's that's giving up all the way. I can't. I believe, I think my words to you when you said I don't own a pink, pink polo shirt was good. I'm very glad you don't own a pink polo shirt. We had a car scene written as well that took place right after the oh, birthday yeah. scene that we cut. <clears throat> but it was this cool little quiet moment. I actually kind of liked it. I liked the beat, but it it was ultimately unnecessary because of what we would do later in the film. But but yeah, where where he and his brother have kind of a, a side conversation as he drives him back to the bus station, and he's just kind of you know it, it, it. He says what we ended up having him say later, which was like you've been having a lot of bad days lately and whatnot. So it, it was it was a cool little scene. But yeah, Micah, who's never acted before ever, uh, but has played plenty of music. Uh, yeah, came through. Yeah, I know how to be mean to. You know, bum musicians who are too old to be yep. playing music. And we had to, <laughs> we cast um, uh, Louisa, uh, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, Barracuda. Barracuda. Le- Louisa Barracuda, let's just say. <laughs> um, that's pretty great. If she, if that's not her name, it should be. Look. She, I cast her by, uh, they have this, so when I used to reach out for actors outside of people I already knew, it would be through newenglandfilm.com. You put up a classified, and then anybody who's chomping at the bit for real footage will respond to you and say, or, you know, hand, hand you their headshot and their resume and shit. But then they, they ended up putting together this database of actors <clears throat> who are all saying that they're available for work called newenglandactor.com. And I really prefer being able to lay back in bed, go on the internet, and just look at, yeah. Hold on, let me turn the lights my, down real quick. Yeah. <laughs> nice and dim. Keep, keep, keep going. Glass of wine. What are you wearing? Keep this? talking. Because <laughs> well, honestly, what you used to have to do is you would, like, you would tell all the actors that were interested. You would either schedule individual meetings with them or be like, hey, we're doing open auditions. Come at this time. Then you'd miss out on all kinds of good ones. And So ultimately, I just was like, you know what? If they have a reel and they're up there and I can see whether or not they can act, I can probably cast them without even meeting them. And the only reason I would meet them was to make sure that they could show up to something on time. Um, and, and Skype auditions, uh, even even those are like, if you can't come through for a Skype audition, then you can't come through on the day. Yeah. So, um, but she, I remember she was, uh, she was hard to win over. She like really didn't want to do unpaid work. Like she, she was one of these, these people who kind of swore that off. It was oh, like, right. I'm not doing any more unpaid work. And I, I somehow, like, I had to play kind of like a little bit of a cool game with her where I, like, you know, she she needed to kind of play the thing of, like, I don't need you. And I had to play the thing of, like, I don't need you. Yeah. And ultimately, she's in the movie. Yeah. Um, and I think we both got what we wanted out of it. I was talking to Maria, who plays Carla, and I, I was telling her that same story. And she was like, she's like, yeah, well, you have to understand it's kind of like dating. You know, you have to kind of, like, meet in a public place. And, <laughs> you know, you have to play this little bit of a game. All right, so so the meat of the day, though, was inviting all of these children yeah. to a location and, and hoping to God it works out. So what are you dealing with when you invite all – like, aside from the fact that you got to keep them all safe, right? Right. Nina oh, – sort of. <laughs> <laughs> producer Nina Shalesky, first thing that springs to her mind is uh, food allergies. Mm. Um, and I'm like, what are you talking about? They're not eating. She's like, well, they're going to have a – this is how smart Nina is. Yeah. I do not think of shit like this. She goes, we're going to have a cake there, right? I'm like, right, but that's for the movie. She was like, you're going to deny a bunch of kids to eat cake? And sure enough, when we're in the – like oh the God. whole thing was about when can we eat the cake. <clears throat> Here's the Nina. crazy thing about that is I'm an adult and I fucking love cake and I love cookies. But cookies and cake to me the same thing. You're like, yeah. oh, you're going to eat something sweet? Great. Dessert. 
for kids, it didn't matter that I had a shit ton of cookies, like regular allergy free, <laughs> everything. It was like, when do we eat that cake? No, They're all. Cake are very different foods. How can you not understand that? I mean, <laughs> oh cookies are God. delicious and they're all well and good, <laughs> but. A, a cake is—it's a beautiful thing. This was I mean, a crappy it's... stop and shop cake. This was the not... kids don't know that. For all they know, it's cake. Who cares? Yeah, for all they know, Mike here like slaved away in the kitchen with that. With, for, like, Why hours are you with, like, Uncle Downer? You should have been on their level. You were that same level of joy. I was cake. about the scene because I have to be. But this is fucking cake we're talking about. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I have been proven completely issues. wrong. I now understand. I did intellect for. In my defense, I did intellectually understand that the kids would want to eat months the cake, in advance, even though I. So what kind of allergy? What kind of allergies did they have? They had the whole range. One young man had a nut, sesame, a tree nut, and sesame allergy. Tree nut. No. Oh, I uh, Aiden. These kids never ate paste and played in dirt, or what? And and a young and a young lady um, had a dairy allergy, and her mother had actually brought her her special cupcake. I heard I heard her tell her daughter, "Oh, you won't have to eat your special cupcake. They got you food." So what did Nina do? Nina has a platter of food labeled by allergy. Yep. Impressive. It was very impressive. There's no way I'm doing that. <laughs> I, I, I'm letting the little fuckers die. Yeah. <laughs> about what? You got an EpiPen, right? What are you complaining about? Yeah, well, use and, that. And then you have to keep watching it because yeah. the kids are like throwing the food in either like bin, choking so it I'm, down I'm, each other's I'm mouths. I'm going back in and being like, oh my god, if that kid eats that, shoving one. tree nuts in each other's orifices. Yeah. You love it. You like it. You need it. God, we, lo- we lose one every scene. <laughs> oh god, put them on the pile. Not another one. It's gonna be the same kid in the background of each shot because all the other ones are dead. <laughs> Could you please stand behind John again? Now this time you're gonna do that take with more energy, or we're going to put a tree nut in your mouth. But it's like, I mean, getting wrapping your head around a scene like this is really tricky because there's a lot of action going on. There's a lot to do. It's a single camera sort of a setup. Uh, we are shooting on this 5D, um, which it has the, this this full range sensor. But it's you know it's like. I don't think we have a lot of lenses that kind of just do like deep focus, so it's sometimes hard to just capture a lot of action in one interesting looking composition. And <clears throat> we had fortunately a bright sunny day, but unfortunately kind of the sort that, that cinematographers don't like, the sort that have big bright spots of sun and big dark shadows. So you, there's no balance in the light at all. So either you can all hang out, you can crowd together in the little spot of sun and expose for that, or you can make the sun way too bright and expose for the shadows, and it makes you hot while yeah. you're shooting. It's actually the entirely the opposite problem. All you have is deep focus, because in order to attain focus, the aperture needs to be really, really fast, and you have to open it up really, I mean, you have to close it down a lot because you have to restrict as much light as you can. So the problem becomes not that you have depth of field. The problem is that you have too much depth of field. Kyle, you need to get yourself some ND filters, man. Yeah, I know. ND. I should have brought mine. I forgot them because I didn't think it was going to be this insane. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just you look at the camera and everybody is white. Super white. I mean, they were white before, but damn. <laughs> Actually, when I was when we were shooting the scene yesterday, I'm looking around. And I, I wrote the script, so I'm, I didn't really put too many descriptions, but I'm like... This is a real, real white movie, isn't it? Most, most of the uh, the children actors were chicks too. They were little girls. That's good, <coughs> I suppose. <laughs> well, no, but yeah, chicks, you know, chicks, you know, bras. mini chicks, <laughs> fun size, skirts, fun size. <laughs> oh, that's not um, right. But uh, uh, no, it was, it was, you know, it was difficult, but we got through it. But uh, some of the kids were like dying to be on screen. Uh, you know, what? I'd like to introduce Bonica because she's been, she has been kind enough to come out 
and shoot our production stills. That is like unheard of for us. And, oh, it's my and pleasure. it also means that you have to like it, on a day like today, you almost were like making them happy or making them a little less camera shy by being able to go up to them and take stills. So when so, y'all were doing your thing, they were running by and I was getting my thing. And I just kept yelling at them to ignore the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I just make them want to look. Yeah, right. Of <laughs> That's course. the one thing I've noticed as I've been shooting. Now kids' responses are, um, can I see it? Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, geez. <laughs> they learn pretty it. quickly like that um, That this is something. That, Instant. Like, yeah. Me, is it on my Facebook page yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looked at the photos you did yesterday and they're fantastic. Um, and as I was sitting over there, it was right after you shot the bit where they're all just like whacking me in the face with party poppers. Um, one of the, you were around doing a couple of shots, and one of the girls was like, "Oh, she's doing justice over here." And there's one little girl who was really, really adamant about being in the camera as much yeah, as possible. Yeah, she was. She's like, oh, let's not go over there. She's just doing photos. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, what? Holy are shit. you serious?" I missed that. Yeah. Like, I was so close to like, ri- like, smacking a child upside <laughs> the head. Like a little girl, and a little black girl. <laughs> that would be not a good thing. For that would be. Do. You want to talk about how white like, this movie is? Exactly. <laughs> no. Horribly racist film goes horribly <laughs> Something even more horrible. Backyard New Bedford film is racist. The standard times. You can't be that shallow. You can't do it yet. No, it wasn't me. It was the other guy. Um, I don't know. He's sort of a heavy set dude with really crappy hair. Up against the wall. No, you met him. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk the last couple of days about how much Jeff and and John are kind of weirdly similar. Yeah. Like uh, da- yes. down down to like your girlfriend yeah and and bonico has known me for a while yeah when you were delivering the line yesterday i was like okay so that's that's you jeff that's your actor jeff self like yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then it makes everybody think that he's playing you yes. my girlfriend even said like actor who is playing jeff and i'm like no he's not playing me there's like some of my experiences in that but we never met before and like mm-hmm. i think we saw each other once through the internet like while i was at dinner but through the way that i wrote things yeah, it was, yeah, exactly. The, the horrible, like, interdimensional where we looked at yeah. each other and it was like, oh my God, that's me. But uh, the way I wrote things and the way that you're, the way they sounded in my head are eerily how you're performing them. Delivering them for sure. So the fact that we resemble each other a bit physically and that you're people who have known me for a while, I was like, that's how you talk. Let's get down to it. Some kids loved being on camera. We're not going to be specific. Mm-hmm. Some kids didn't like being on camera. Some kids didn't want to be there at all. No. But their mom did. That's (laughs) see this is okay, and it's something that you hear and you try not to fall into stereotypes too much, but you hear about the the actor parents, the theater moms. And um it's eerie and gross when you see it live. It's not like we just saw some sort of form of child abuse now or anything, but it's like when you exploited it. Yeah, (laughs) and and exploited it. And but when you can see a a kid who's clearly would rather be home playing I don't, do kids play with trucks anymore I don't know no are you no. okay <laughs> clearly at home playing video games playing yeah. outside wait yeah, you know like yeah and those 12 year olds should be playing Grand Theft Auto shoot them in the head shoot them in the are. head it made a billion <laughs> <laughs> didn't it make like a billion dollars in like 10 seconds yeah. like, there it is but so, so yeah. when you're when we're watching some of these kids who really don't want to be there but their parents really want them to be there and the parents are even you know kind of Pushing them to a point where it might be slightly uncomfortable. Again, we didn't see anything un, un you know, seedy or unfound here. Completely but. unnerving. And I think on top of that too is like, I'm really excited about this movie. I'm very happy about it. So nothing against us. But like, 
look at the ragtag group of people before you. This is not headed to Hollywood. Like <laughs> you are networking and the with the wrong people. Where it's True. like, hey, yeah, if your kid wants to come by and do something free for us again in a couple of years, that would be awesome. Like <laughs> they, they, some of them, a lot of them that I've met are smart enough to check you out. Um, yeah. I'm sure they've seen the titles of some of my film and were like, that's weird. But then they watch the trailer and they're like, yeah, but the production quality is good. What, yeah. do, I, what do I do? And so, uh, no, I mean, I, I think it's just about feeling, <laughs> feeling out uh, like your tone in the email. Like it's, it's on me to also prove that I'm not insane. Yes, and you course. do that with, with your, I don't know, with just with your language and with your tone. With your language and your tone, which you, you can did. tell a crazy write an email. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, everything from bad grammar to, like, repeating the same thing, too. But you Lots did a really good points. job, and you take the time to do stuff that you know that you're in decent hands when you stopped everyone. You in, like you see these people walking around who are doing things. This is him. This is him. Like, we're not ignoring their, their, their kids. You did a really good job of right away. Here's the plot of the movie. Here's the plot of the movie, but, like, being as professional as, as, as a group such as us are, are going to be, you know, like, <laughs> but, but, um... Putting them at ease. I think that if you had just been like, okay, let's do this now, let's bark, you set everyone that yeah. sounds mine right. I think you, need, well, you quickly remember that they all have questions and you don't. Right, of course. And then you're like, oh, I better like take the time, answer the questions, and like, but it's very over. I have like it's very mind numbing to to have to rem like attend to so many different details at once. But it all went down in about two hours. They all. Most of them wanted to get out of there by noon. Which, by the way, like, yeah, we made that happen, which is great, but. I don't know any other production that could have wrapped that in two hours. That was nuts. I've never been on anything that shoots as fast as we do. Not well, by a long shot. It helps that you're editing in your head. Yeah, I, that, that's what it is. I mean, there's no question that, that you knowing exactly what you need and also being able to pull, like that you were talking about a little earlier, some of the techniques you use where you don't cut. You just keep rolling and maybe if it's, if it's rough, you feed them or say, take it from. You, you, you can lose a lot of time by calling cut a lot. Yeah. Um, because every time you call cut, everybody relaxes. People kind of reset. Um, you have to sync up the audio again later anyway. Like everything has to start again. Yep. And uh, it's much easier to try, try to adjust things in one file or one shot, I find. Well, it's good to know what you're doing too. Like I'm, I won't say where this happens, but you know, I know doing, I've been on shoots where I work where, you know, the people in charge of it are more or less kind of just marketing people. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, like, you know, we want to do this thing tomorrow. Go on, mm -hmm. and they're like, "Yeah, so we're gonna go down here, and we're gonna just shoot this thing for this commercial and everything." And they're like, "All right, well, like, your shot list, and like, what's that?" And you're like, "Well, what's it about?" Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, I mean, we'll figure it out when we get there." And we're like, "No, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> you're rescheduling the shoot for like two weeks from now, and we're gonna learn about and we're, go and we're gonna learn about shot lists, and pop lists, and things like that. Like, you can't just come up and go." I need a thing tomorrow. Can we just go shoot it with no plan and no script and no idea of what it is we're going to do? Yeah. Have you called the actors? No. Oh, well, then great. Like, Fantastic. <laughs> they don't have jobs. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You just, like, call some people, right? And you're like, no. Like, and that, I thought that was very cool, too, because you know, as little as I know about making movies, it was cool, it's cool to watch because I was like, well, I have a feeling that he'll show up and he'll at least know. <laughs> how to get these things done in the right order so that everything is smooth and it was cool to see it work that way did it yeah. <laughs> we won't know it looks like herding cats man it's like a bunch of kids running around it didn't like, occur yeah. to me until last night which I mean I'm sure it occurred to you but it really didn't sink in I, I, I knew it on some actual part of my brain but only logically emotionally it occurred to me yesterday it's like 
Frankie is throwing a children's birthday party tomorrow. Like, Frankie friend. Yeah, exactly. Fra <laughs> Frankie is throwing, like, so it's like, parents don't like doing that shit anyway, so it's hard to throw a children's birthday party, and now you have to throw a children's birthday party, and I also have to make a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, you have to kind of do both at the same time. Right, yeah. and I mean, it was, and Nino, That's like, he did in. an amazing job of mm -hmm. just having everything where it should be. It was really, really amazing. Yeah. I mean, the, the planning that went in there and all the things that I definitely wouldn't have thought about, and you already admitted you wouldn't have thought about. <laughs> no way. Um, before we go, I just want to talk about, we haven't addressed at all, the new audio setup. Talk new about the new setup. audio, talk about the technology that you're using now, because it's completely different from Sexually Frank. Yeah. And talk about how, like, because I haven't had to worry about it at all. Yeah. I haven't had to think about it. I haven't had to, all I need to know is that you're rolling. Yep. So talk that, about that. That's uh, so, uh, you know, we we had done sexually frank and it went pretty well. I mean, there was there was a couple of little slip ups, uh, but generally we had the process going. We used the recorder we're recording the podcast with, right? Yeah, now. yeah. yeah. Um, but there were some there was a couple of little workflow problems. Like first of all, sometimes I was a little lazy about stopping uh, the the cuts. I didn't really follow the cut too closely. The recorder itself wasn't very good at organizing files. You couldn't really stop like uh, block out an individual track. You always had to run all the tracks. Uh, to make it work, so uh, we uh, there's a great new recorder that just came out recently called the H6 from Zoom, and that's what we're using to record this movie. We had six tracks instead of the four we had on Sexually Frank, and what we're doing this time around is actually doing a stereo uh, stereo uh, ambient mic as well, an XY mic, and then in addition to having four wireless lapels, we're not doing any booming at all. Though we can, as we we had to do a little bit today, where I was just holding the XY mic over someone who wasn't mic'd. Yeah. Uh, but with four mics, it's really flexible, really easy. I just get people set up while other stuff's going on, and then uh, I can just kind of stay out of the way. You know, the microphone should be close to where the camera is, but it doesn't have to be right there. I can stand way back and just click my button, and I yeah, can you see have the like status. a little remote. I yeah, just... it's actually been way more useful than I thought it would be. Mm. It lets me start and stop recording, and I can also select and unselect tracks from it. Uh, so it's been, it's just been great. It's we didn't know how we were going to, so, I mean, like, I, I talked about it briefly on the last podcast, but we didn't know how <coughs> syncing was going to work out because it was like, suddenly now the raw video wasn't going to have its own audio that yeah. you can sync with. And yep. it, it just, yeah, if you just order the file, like, there's pretty much an audio file for every video file because he's stopping when Kyle stops. Mm -hmm. And so you're able to just be like, there's the clap. Yep. There's the sound. You know, there's the wave file or the wave, the waveform. You're synced up. So yep. it's been working really well, and it sounds really good for the most part. Uh, we'll have to do some EQ on that refrigerator from yesterday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we had a little bit of a tough situation with the, yeah. with, the, with the coffee shop. But, yeah, I mean, we've been in that before. It'll be fine. It was clean enough. Yep. All right. That's all there is to say about it. Cool. Let's all go home and maybe sleep more. And tomorrow we don't start till later. We don't start till, like, 3 o'clock in, yeah. in Brookline. Good luck, guys. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you again so, so, much. so much. Yeah, yeah well, thanks a lot, man. You'll Just leave me out of the trailer, I'm sure. <laughs> Starring Mike Brunetta. Hey, it's the guy from Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. <laughs> Get a fucking job. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.